Hello and welcome back to Somebody Save Us. It's a podcast where we revisit every single episode of the TV series Smallville. I'm Paul and I'm joined by Steve. And this week we are covering Season 1, Episode 8, Jitters. Uh, it is written by Cherry Bennett and Jeff Goatsfeld. Uh, they wrote some Young and the Restless together. Uh, that's kind of the only thing I could find on that. Um, but it's also directed by our returning director, Michael Watkins, who directed Season uh, 1, Episode 2, Metamorphosis. And without further ado... Here's Jitters. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? Great. Yeah, so, so, uh, episode eight, Jitters. Um, I guess getting right into it, uh, it's kind of morning on the Kent farm. Um, and, uh, uh, Martha's kind of just doing a bit of running around and Clark is kind of half listening. Um, it looks like they are heading out of town and we learn that it's their anniversary. Uh, and the and truck is blue. Out. Yeah. We know the truck is blue. <laughs> we're going to keep a running tally on this folks. It's just... Yeah. But yeah, so Clark is called outside to lift the truck up. So, uh, Paul can get under to fix a uh exhaust hanger or something like that um, i i always love when like smallville goes simple about clark's yeah. powers it's like whenever he like randomly just lifts something super heavy it's like that's cool yeah because he's like he's like lifting the truck and he's like eating a piece of he's got like a piece of pizza hanging out of his mouth <laughs> yeah <laughs> like yeah but he, he hands uh he hands martha a card for their anniversary because you know he's he's a good son so he at least got them a card um and uh so we see we kind of see them getting into the into the truck and getting on their merry way and uh we cut to i guess it's later that night in metropolis we get a skyline shot i think this is our first time in metropolis um yeah i think you're right maybe uh maybe i'm wrong but my memory is bad (laughs) as is mine yeah, but so we see a woman kind of saying goodnight to her baby girl. Uh, they're just kind of in like uh, like a nursery or whatever. And uh, so she leaves and the mobile is playing some music and uh, we kind of see like a shadow uh, come over the the edge of the crib and enter Tony motherfucking Todd. Hells yeah, Candyman in the house. <laughs> the question is, is how did he get into this room because like because they showed a skyline shot i imagine this being for some reason in a high-rise building and like he would have had to like come in through like a like fire escape window or like maybe you know, a transporter beam or something like that well i i mean i i until you mentioned it i i never really thought about it but yeah i also assume that they're in some kind of apartment so yeah, how did he I get in there he, he, I don't he know why climbed like a fire escape or something. Right. I don't, I don't, I don't know why I make that assumption, but I just, I just do. Um, but he picks, he picks up the baby um, and kisses her on the head. And he says something to the effect of like, daddy's going to get better. And like r- pretty much right after that, he starts shaking harder than Michael J. Fox in an earthquake. Oh my God. 
Inappropriate. <laughs> Horribly inappropriate. <laughs> I love you, Michael J. Fox. Listen not to my co-host. Uh, and but also in this moment, because you get a really good look at his at his hands, his his fingernails look real glossy. Like he's like he's gotten he's he's gotten a manicure, like a real good manicure going I mean, on. Maybe, maybe maybe he just likes taking care of himself. Look, that's maybe, possible. You know, yeah. He he goes and get it gets a little mani pedi. It could yeah. just be that the shaking causes so much friction that he's just like polished his nails. <laughs> you too could have beautiful nails. You just need to shake like a motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. It's a good thing he didn't pick up that baby, man. Oh Jesus! Oh God! It's a good thing he put her down. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, this episode gets real dark real quick. Real dark. This episode doesn't ever make it to air. But, like, he's shaking so hard that, like, it's shaking the room. And, like, uh, we hear, like, the door open and the the mom comes running back in. He's gone. The window's open. So, again, like, is he down the fire escape? But it's raining outside. We actually see him kind of running uh, across a street. And, actually, we see the Kent's truck drive by as he's crossing the street. Um, in front of the Luther Court building. Was it? Uh, notice that, yeah. W- was that obvious? It was, like, yeah, it was extremely obvious. Why? Because like, I, I fucking 100% missed it. Oof, so it's, it's really like, wow, they really teleported to Metropolis. It might have been one of those things where I was like writing a note and I didn't catch it. Because mm. I yeah. have a note here about Clark's conversation with, um, with his parents before they leave. And I don't know what the quote is, but I just have a note saying nice foreshadowing about super hearing. Oh yeah. I think he says something about, you know, I didn't hear you or something or they, or they say something. It's too bad. Hearing isn't one of your suit, one of your powers or right. Yeah. Something like that. Cause yeah, he's totally not really listening. Yeah. But uh, uh, just a big shout out to Tony Todd though. Uh, I, I, obviously the Candyman thing, really, really cool. Uh, if you've never seen Candyman, the horror movie that really is really weird and they're remaking it. Jordan Peele's remaking it. So it'll be cool. But, uh, Tony Todd, just like another DC family alumni, uh, he's done a ton of voiceover work for DC animated. Yeah. And he's pretty close to my heart as well, just as Kern in Star Trek, the next generation and in, uh, Deep Space Nine. That's right. That's yeah. right. Totally didn't even think of that, but you're right. Yeah. Um, so, but we actually see him running across the road in front of Luther Corp, and he's he's fumbling his his pills, and he picks up a few. He manages to get a few of them, and he tosses them back. But uh, there's a janitor working in like the front lobby, and this guy won't let him in. Um, and he's trying to get him to let him in and he's got a hold of the doors. And so he starts shaking again and the door shatters and kind of while helping this, this kid up, Earl basically shakes this dude to death. <laughs> like this. And, and I don't, I, I really should have looked up the IMDB because I, I 100% recognize this, like this guy as, and cause every time I see him, I'm like, that's the low budget Ethan Hawk. Cause he's 100% looks like Ethan Hawk on like the bad end of a long bender. Oh no. He does. Yeah. 
I know that uh, I wrote I wrote a note down that his name was Will. But the giant I, 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 Will. Yeah, and I okay. think his yeah, I think I think with the intention that I was going to look it up, but I just never did. And but we passed. actually I mean, he doesn't last long, so it's not a big deal. No, I think that's the scene actually uh, that opens opens the, to the credits at that point. Uh, yes, I think you're right. Yeah. And then uh, after that, it's, I guess, the following morning and Pete and Chloe are walking with Clark to the bus, kind of discussing throwing a small party. I get, it doesn't seem like... It seems like it's more Chloe and Pete's idea, right? Yeah. Like, Clark's yeah. not the one like, I'm going to throw a party. It seems like your parents are gone. We have to throw a party. And Clark's like, yeah, okay, a small one. Yeah. And then it smash cuts to, like, the most stereotypical out-of-control house party ever. Yes. Which, now, Clark specifically says at one point, uh, somebody, somebody asks him something or ha- have you seen, I, I don't know if someone's asking him if he's seen Lana or, or what it is, but he says to somebody else, like, I don't even know half of these people. And I'm very confused because Smallville is supposed to be a small town. I assume yeah. that Smallville has one school because it's yeah. a small I mean, town. Maybe half the other kids are from like Shelbyville or something. I guess, right? They're all visiting from Springfield, like Bart's in there yeah. somewhere doing whippets. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I guess it would have been whippet time. Yeah, but... it was about the era whippets got popular, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but yeah, well, so, I will uh... say, though, that, that the um, the slow-mo running to grab a puke bowl is actually surprisingly really well done. It still yeah. holds up today. Yeah, it's pretty good. Although there's no way Clark moves that fast that nobody notices. So I'm just going to I'm just going to like brush it up to intoxication. Yeah, is why nobody too, Everybody's too self-involved. Everybody's too self-involved to notice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But uh yeah, he he totally saves the day there. Um but Lana shows up. And she kind of voices the same concerns we are all having about, you know, how good of an idea this party is. And Clark tries to play it cool and asks if she's flying solo. And she kind of takes a little bit of exception to it, you know, just because, you know, she can go places without Whitney. Like, Which um, I, I, I just... Because, yes, that's absolutely, she's absolutely correct. I, I She's her own woman. She's allowed to do things without Whitney. And we'll get to, like, him showing up in a little bit here in a couple seconds. But at yeah. the same time, I felt like maybe there was a subtext there of, like, Clark going, so you're you're on your own. And her kind of being, like, almost putting her foot down, like, we are friends. Like, did yeah. you get that vibe at all, too? Uh Maybe I think it was more that she was just annoyed that he would ask why she's there by herself. I think that maybe the the subtext isn't really there, but um, it's hard to it's hard to put it in place because we don't really know how long this is after her birthday, right? Because they had a really good moment, yeah, at the end of that. Um, so we don't really know if there's anything left over from that in terms of like built up stuff between them right that's true yeah but uh so all of a sudden there's fireworks going off everywhere 
and Clark goes out outside and he's like freaking out. But then Lex is there and he somehow learned about the party happening and then bribed the cops. Like, so that they and, and paid up. for the fireworks show. <laughs> yeah. And all, also, by the way, uh, showed up to a high school party as a 25 year old man. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, and here, I will say that when I was in high school going to like house parties and stuff, uh, say anywhere in the age range of between like 16 to maybe even my early 20s. Yeah. That like there was always like I remember going to parties at 16, 17 years old and there being like 20, 25, almost 30 year old just being like, ah, fuck it. It's a party. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just it. I just I, I just I'm it's just so weird because like, oh, I'm not saying it's a there in any way. I'm just saying I've been in situations like that. Oh, I definitely have too. I was usually the like toward the end of that, like I was the guy who was like the older dude at the party. And that's when yeah, <laughs> life starts hitting you in the face. Like, why are you here? <laughs> you know? I'm sad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but his date, he's got a date with him. And so she apologizes for keeping him waiting, but saying someone overflowed the bathroom. And, uh, we kind of cut over to Martha who can't get through, like is trying to, get a hold of Clark when her and Jonathan are about to sit down for their anniversary dinner. Like I'm sure he can wait. I'm sure it's fine. Well, it's but, like, and like we've established that we think they're roughly 16, 17 right now. Right. Right. 16. I, mean, they, I would say at the, at the upper limit, 16. Okay. So, and, and, and he's super powered. Yeah. What are you worried about? Yeah. I mean, cause, cause they're at this point, they're not thinking party. She's just like, oh, I just need to check oh. in on Clark, make sure he's okay. Like, what he's right. he stuck his hand in a wood chipper. He's fine. Like, yeah, nothing's gonna happen. It's just a weird thing. They do have a good conversation here, though. Yeah, yeah. We learn that Martha's from Metropolis, and that oh, her dad is some kind of like success. Uh, yeah, that that yeah. that marrying a farm a farmer was not necessarily looked kindly upon by the uh the lang family yeah or not, no sorry I'm, I'm i'm still confusing her as lana for when she was yeah. in superman <laughs> yeah um, yeah well i think i think what it comes down to is that it, it came down to his promise that they would never be they would never be rich but they would always be in love or something like that you'd never be rich but always be happy or yeah something right. like that right which At, i mean yeah okay yeah yeah but so we get back to the party and this is where whitney shows up um and is mad at lana for being there with without him now okay because he comes in and he comes in very brash and immediately is kind of an asshole yeah and he's like he sits down he wants to start talking to her and she kind of brushes him off a little bit but he's like really uh, impatient and he looks around and he's like you know what can we just leave and go talk somewhere else um yeah. so he's being a bit of a drama queen uh, uh, but it, it's the conversation that follows after he gets her alone that i'm just like you know what he is being a dick but part of me sympathizes with him because yeah. wouldn't you feel like shit if your girlfriend went to a party and didn't even bother to call or invite you yeah yeah 
I'd feel like shit about that. Now, would I be angry about it? I don't know if I'd be angry or petty or I don't, I mean, I'd probably be a big mix of all of the things. So yeah. I, I find that watching Smallville now, I seem to be a lot more lenient with Whitney. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, he, especially in this episode does have a couple of good moments. Um, but yeah, like, I think you're making a good point. And like, Lon is just like, uh, it kind of her, I think she makes the point that the reason why she didn't bother is that it kind of, it's like right next door, right? She just decided on a whim to just kind of come over, right? That's a fair argument too. That's something I never even thought about. And like, who's to say that Whitney wasn't going to show up there anyway. And maybe Lana's not there. Is she going to get upset if he goes to a party by himself? Reversing the roles. Exactly. Which is kind of what he did. Like, did he not? I mean, he did kind of do the same thing when he, uh, ditched her when he promised to take her to Metropolis and then ditched her to go watch, I like a right. UFC or something. Yeah. So, I mean, okay, yeah. fair enough. But I think this is where they, uh, like they're in the barn or, and, and there is some shaking going on in the, in the loft. And, uh, Lana comes in, runs into the house to get Clark. And when they get back over, Whitney's got like a pitchfork and he's got somebody cornered and like, there's a kind of a, a blanket or a tarp or something over them. And, he like yanks it off and it's about to just stab whoever this is and Clark calls him off. But this is something that I caught and I think I only caught it because I had had it paused and I unpaused it right at the right moment. But Clark calls him off, but calls him Pete. He calls Whitney Pete. He says, Pete back off. I know him. Oh, I never caught that at all. It's totally, yeah, he told, it's a totally flubbed line and it just, it stayed in. It, are they, are they in Pete's the same there. frame or are they in the same shot? Oh yeah, they are. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. But, well, I mean, it happens. But Clark recognizes this guy as Earl Jenkins. Um, and Earl says he's there to see Jonathan, but he starts spasming again and I, Clark is like affected by the radiation he's giving off or something like something about the way he's shaking gives Clark kind of, you know, like the kind of meteor sickness that he always experiences around kryptonite. Yeah. Well, I think it's kind of a, um, uh, what, what was her name? Lucy, the, the shapeshifter. Right. I think it's kind oh. of roughly that yeah. same situation where there's just like, so much exposure to kryptonite that it's actually now part of your DNA almost. And I think that's kind of the thing with Earl is he just spent so much time, um, uh, exposed to kryptonite that it's just like part of his, his, it's in his blood now. Hence the shape. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's in his, like it's in his skeletal structure and everything. Yeah. Right. Like, um, I think it's at the hospital. We see Earl kind of laying catatonic, on a gurney and Chloe's kind of theory right off the bat is that he's just a junkie. Um, and Clark, uh, doesn't think he's the type cause he knows him. Like, I guess Earl worked with them for years. Um, but then asked about why he left. Uh, we learned that he took a job at the plant. Um, just as the cops show up. So, um, this is something that, okay. So, 
Earl worked on the Kent farm. He was like a farmhand. Yeah. The only farmhand we ever hear about. Right. Like, Jonathan never, ever hires another farmhand, as far as I know. Right. Um, so, is that because Jonathan just couldn't afford it anymore? Or is it because Clark essentially replaced any need for Earl to be there? Uh, well, we know, we know that Earl left to go to get the job at the plant. Like, it's, uh... Uh, after Earl left, maybe Jonathan just never bothered getting another one because they they felt like they could they had a good thing with Earl and maybe like they weren't so worried about Clark slipping up with his powers around Earl, but um, they maybe just didn't want to take the risk. It's a good point. Don't bring in another stranger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Plus, Clark does the work of like a hundred people. So. Yeah. All right. But yeah, so the cops show up, like the sheriffs, um, and they go in there to try to kind of apprehend Earl. And he's kind of gotten up out of his bed, and he is just standing in the middle of the room just flailing, and he just slaps the shit out of everybody. And Clark runs in and gets sent crashing back through the window. Mm Mm-hmm. But so they, this is another thing where it's where we've kind of established that uh, people with heavy exposure to kryptonite, um, meteor rock, whatever, that get their powers from it, uh, almost immediately put Clark on a level playing field. Yeah. Because it's it seems like everybody so far, with the exception of um, Amy Adams' character. Right. Um has been able to like just like punch Clark and send him flying or at least well, have no, like she, a one even, one-to-one impact. Even she was able to remember because they were in the they were in the greenhouse. Yeah, but she, there's there was there was kryptonite in in the uh Yeah, that's in that's the soil. Right. She, so it wasn't she necessarily her, but he was he was exposed to kryptonite at that point. Right. That's true. Yeah, I think the only person who didn't have strength was maybe the very first guy in the pilot. But, uh, but yeah, Ur- Ur- Earl's kind of apprehended because he just collapses after his, his shaking. Um, but on the farm, we see Clark do a little bit of speed cleaning, which is another cool little scene. There's a shot of him, like, stepping in some slime on his floor. Yeah. It is disgusting. Like, what could that <laughs> possibly be? <laughs> it is so gross. But... <laughs> Yeah. Legitimately one of the best com- comedic like beats in the series so far is Clark doing like the super speed clean, finishing up, patting himself on the back, grabbing an apple, taking a bite, camera pans over, Martha and Jonathan standing right behind him. It's awesome. Slow slow clap. Yeah, really, really good. Yeah. But yeah, so they uh, he kind of reveals where he's been at the hospital. Martha vows to never leave again, but Clark lets them know about Earl. Um, and so they go back to the hospital, and we learn that Earl has small fragments of some substance under his skin. Like it's uh, it, That's what's happened to him. Um, and it really seems like uh, OSHA would have a field day at the Luther Corp plant because, you know, and the EPA. <laughs> uh, but they they keep that well hidden. 
Yeah. So yeah. I assume that they do get inspected all the time, but they either manage to A, hide it, or B, pay off the right people. Right. Well, Jonathan goes in, Jonathan goes in to talk to Earl to find out what's going on. Um, and Earl kind of tells Jonathan about level three and the fertilizer and this explosion and then his transfer to Metropolis. And then we learn that the jitters started about two months ago, but he, he's kind of frantic. And while he's laying there on the bed, he's trying to get Jonathan to help him get away so that he can find level three and saying that he will die otherwise. But outside the room, Clark, um, and and uh, Jonathan are overheard because Earl holds down the button on his bed and he kind of overhears Clark and Jonathan talking after they've left the room. Um, and uh, in the following moments, like we see Earl being escorted by the police in the elevator. And again, just kind of shakes his way free. <laughs> Yeah, so a couple things about that. One, bravo Tony Todd, because he acted his ass off in that hospital bed. Yeah, he's like, yeah. Tears are streaming down his face. He's full on crying. He just needs help. And he, you can see the frustration in him. Like, I'm not crazy. I just need help, obviously. Like, look at me. This is going to kill me. Re- really, yeah. really great. Uh, I like the point where... Jonathan's about to go in and start talking to Earl and Clark starts going with him and he stops Clark and he's like, no, if he makes you sick, we can't have you passing out and have the hospital staff trying to examine you. You stay out. I was like, that is so like, that's just excellent. Like a detail that didn't have to be in there, but is so super smart for whatever the writer who, who decided we should put that in there. Really great little thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Clark is not, should not be in the hospital. <laughs> yeah, no. So many no, questions no, no. are asked. Although at some point it becomes like the only set they have in Smallville, <laughs> like four years yeah, down pretty, the road. They yeah, love that hospital. Um, that hospital gets a lot of play. And then like the uh, escaping in the, in the elevator thing to me is just totally weird. Like he'll shake an entire uh, uh, hospital room, but he shakes in a, uh, an elevator and it doesn't collapse. Or yeah, he he managed to shake himself free of his chair and restraints, and then knock out the cops, and then incapacitate the cop, and then somehow like how did he get out of the elevator? Did he get off on the floor before? That that that's my guess. But that that all of that seems to hint at that he's that he somehow controlled his power while in the while in the elevator. Yeah, that to me like that that's a little weak to me. I'll accept it. It is what it is. Maybe it was just a a happy accident and coincidence that he got to get away, but it was just like, yeah, that leaves me too many questions. It's kind of funny though, because when the elevator opens, there's like a mom and a daughter standing there and the cop is just like slumped in there, but he does this like weird little (laughs) sound and it's fucking hilarious. (laughs) I laughed really hard when I heard it. Drama. It's gotta be dramatic. But so uh, there's uh, there's a uh, um, a field trip to the plant, and we meet Chloe's dad, who's doing terrible dad jokes. Um, My about... favorite thing on, on on that is watching the Smallville school bus pull up to the Luther Corp uh, uh, like security gate, 
and absolutely 100% being able to identify the fact that there is not a single person on that bus. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, there's nobody on that bus. (laughs) Nobody. There's like the driver. That's it. The driver's going on a field trip. Yeah. And they just, they're just like, oh, you know what? This is, you know, nobody's going to care. No. Yeah. There's nobody on that bus. No. No, Well, somebody will care 20 years from now. Some dude's going to be doing a podcast. (laughs) He's going to bring it up. That son of a bitch. Fuck. Yeah. But uh, Chloe's dad is the is the same actor who played Samuels on Stargate SG-1. Just kind of one of like the staffers that hung out at the base. Absolutely wouldn't know. I never saw that yeah. show. Yeah, he's he's you know, he's in a bunch of episodes, but that's that's what I caught him from. But yeah, Chloe, Chloe's dad makes some joke about. Uh, the small the Lutherville uh, fertilizer plant and where they actually give a crap. Yeah. And Chloe looks like she just wants to die. I'll be completely honest. I'm with Chloe on that one. I am not a fan <laughs> of dad jokes. I know people love them. I'm just, no, I can't. I can't do it. Also, uh, what a wonderful coincidence that they have a field trip to the Luther plant while all of this weird level three stuff is starting to happen. Weird, right? It's, it's, it's almost I just, like a horrible coincidence. Mm-hmm. Horrible coincidence. Yeah. They're told to leave their jewelry and electronic devices like pagers behind. Oh my God. I didn't even hear that. That's funny. Yeah. So, All the Smallville cool. drug dealers out there. <laughs> That's what pagers are for. But Clark asks about level three and, uh, Chloe's dad's like, yeah, it's where we do the alien autopsies. And like else elsewhere in the plant, we actually see Earl just walking down a corridor and he opens a door into like a kind of nondescript janitor janitorial closet. And he's just feeling along the wall and he's just turning the room upside down and just pissed. And he's kind of yelling to no one in particular, where's the elevator? Yeah. So uh, I didn't like... I don't know if this is necessarily meant to be a uh, audience redirect because I, I, I mean, I remember even watching this the very first time you believe him, right? You, the, the entire ep- series yeah. I or the entire yeah. show, at least I did. I believed that there was a level three. I believe that he knew what he was talking about. Right. It's so, hard for me to, it's hard for me to uh, separate my knowledge of the fact that they he did indeed find level three. I think maybe trying to remember what I would have thought the first time I was watching it. I think I might have thought he was a little crazy. Maybe. Okay. Well, I mean, I, but that's that is how the character is written, and that how that is how it's played. So I can totally see someone going, "Oh no, this guy's just crazy." I mean, I don't trust the Luthers, but this guy maybe is just yeah crazy. But so, but on the so on the tour, Clark can't resist sneaking away. Uh, he's kind of snooping, um, and then in the control center, uh, Gabe is just continuing with the dad jokes. But uh, Earl busts in there, and he's got a gun now because America, you know, everybody's yeah. got a gun. Yeah, did they never? Oh well, buddy. I mean, he did take out the cop, right? So that's how he got the gun. That's my get. Uh, that I'm just going to assume that that's the case, right? But now, 
we've got a situation. And so like, I think a little bit of time has passed and outside a crowd of parents is trying to find out what's going on. And Lex pulls up and letting, he kind of lets the Kents through the perimeter, which is going to piss off a lot of the other parents. Uh, uh, driving a Ferrari, by the way, I paid attention this time. Yeah. So yeah, he, he pulls up um, and uh, Lex gets filled in on what Earl believes. And I actually do think that like, whatever Lex says here, he, that he, Lex genuinely does not know about level three at this point. I, I 100% agree with you. I don't think Lex has any idea. Yeah. But Martha notices Clark isn't in the room with the others. Uh, just from the, the camera feed. Um, and inside Clark finds some blueprints uh, designed to get Earl to chill. And it does not work. I think he gets slapped or knocked down or something like that. Does he, um, well, because again, like you said, he gets close to Earl and uh, he starts getting sick. I think, I right. think you're right. Like Earl hits him, like, uh, hits him with the gun or something. He, right. Or does it, he doesn't mean to though. Right. No, I don't like, think so. I think Clark gets knocked back cause it's an accident. Um, right. so Clark does find the blueprints. They are legitimate blueprints, right? So they right. legitimately show that there's a level three somewhere. Well, no, in the, on the blueprints, it actually oh, they, doesn't, they it shows, it shows that they're, it shows just that level one and two, like it says, yeah. okay, if yeah. they were, he kind of, Clark tries to reason with him and be like, look, if there was a level three, wouldn't they be on the blueprints? Um, but outside, uh, Lionel arrives via chopper and you can see the look on his face that Lex is just like a uh, great, uh, I, my note for this is, um, Lionel Luther shows up and suddenly Johnny cashes when the man comes around, starts playing in my head. <laughs> it's just yeah. when Lionel shows up in the early seasons before he's like a major player, you know, shit's going on. Yeah. Because he's used very sparingly early on, and he's always a powerhouse. Yeah, and he's right away, he's all over Lex, like trying to blame him for the situation. But before the powder keg can explode, can kind of explode, Jonathan reminds them what's at stake. And Lionel offers, uh, Lionel's like, oh, Mr. Kent, nice to see you again. And like, Jonathan does not shake his hand, just snubs him. Yeah. Yeah. Hinting at that there's a, a more um there's more in their past than has yeah. been hinted at so far. Right. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so they're discussing what to do. Lionel takes a no negotiation stance, which Martha takes exception to, like deeply. And Lex reminds Lionel who Earl is after to begin with. Um that that all Earl really wants is to talk to Lionel, right? Like once, once a one-on-one. -on -one. But Earl ta talks to Lionel really briefly over the phone uh, before more jitters cause him to crank open like a methane valve. Yeah. I think in the process, because Clark sees it happening and Clark is coming to try to try to stop him and he tears the valve off and cracks Clark with it. Well, isn't that uh, like... Whitney, Clark, and Pete get together or something, and they're yeah, and, well, and Whitney's like, "Look, there's a there's a bunch of us. If we rush him right now, we can do it." Uh, yeah, and, like, but yeah. Clark kind of realizes like 
Yeah, but if I get near him, I get super sick, and uh, I'm gonna like I'll essentially collapse, and nothing's gonna happen. And then Clark, knowing that he can no longer protect everybody, so he kind of Clark bitches out, and it's right yeah. beside Lana. It's like a really bad look. Like he just yeah. looks like the biggest coward. He's like, I'm sorry, I I just can't. And then Whitney's like, yeah. Fuck it, whatever, I'll do it by myself. Yeah, and he gets and he gets knocked knocked to the ground. Yeah. Uh, and then Earl shoots the camera. Which um I have I have a very specific problem with that because everybody's worried about all oh, the methane, the methane yeah. in the room. The methane be a massive the... explosion. And then he fires around, you just blew everybody up. <laughs> you killed everyone. Everybody. It's like the the courtroom scene in Batman v Superman. Like nobody's Jeez. walking out of that but Clark. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, just the end of the series right there. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Out, outside, uh, Lex decides to take matters into his own hands. Uh, kind of grabs like a like a bulletproof vest. And uh, Lionel kind of half objects to, but kind of very half-heartedly trying to physically restrain him. But then Lionel... Uh, kind of lets him go and you can see like a half smile on Lionel's face and I can't tell whether it's pride in his son or kind of maybe some slight hope that he might be rid of his disappointing heir. Yeah, or like or or like um oh this'll be a good lesson for him kind of thing. This'll make him into more of a man. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I do really appreciate because like like you said, at this point, I 100% believe that Lex has no knowledge of level three. So he is actually doing this um, uh, out of just sheer honor. You know, he's, he's just do, making an honorable uh, uh, gesture. You let everybody go. You can take me. I'm a Luther. That It's between us anyway. So, you know, so I, I just... I really appreciate Lex in this moment. And it's one of those things that again, Rosenbaum pulls off so well is, you know, if you know anything about Superman and Superman lore, you know, Lex Luthor's never going to be the good guy, no. but Rosenbaum plays him so well that you never stop hoping. Yeah. You always, you always, and you, you always wait for the fall too, because you're like, yeah. where, where's this going? Because he seems good right now. Um, and yeah, he does a really good job trying to diffuse the situation. He agrees to get uh, the hostages freed so that he can see level three. Um, and Lex is really gambling here because Lex at this point does not believe that level three exists. Yeah. So Earl releases the hostages. Clark asks if Lex knows where it is. And uh, Lex answers, yeah, in his imagination. Um and this is where we actually I see kind of like a weird continuity error again because the kids are we see them running toward the exit and like there it's kind of sunny out and whatever but then um, we get like a a shot from outside where the SWAT leader is asking is saying that they need to lower the fire doors and that Lex will be trapped inside and after real like a really short beat Lionel says do it but Clark rolls back under the closing door but. but as the kids are leaving the factory, uh, Pete runs up to Martha to explain that Clark went back inside. And at that point, it's nighttime. Oh, man, I totally didn't notice like, that at all. It's 
it goes from day to night like instantly oh really i totally yeah. didn't notice that at all i'm gonna have to start paying attention for these things yeah like that that one i think is the first time i've caught that legitimately and then like later on like i th- i think when i was looking up something on imdb i looked and there's kind of there was that's noted on imdb is that that continuity error is there noted there i was like that's it's but it's very obvious so does it go like day night and then back to day again oh no no it goes from from the scene when lionel is talking to the swat guy about lowering the doors it's daytime like it's it's like mid-afternoon and then the next scene with pete like which is like presumably 30 seconds later in real time it's like dusk huh yeah it happens production schedules yeah well you know outside shooting that's what's gonna happen but uh so but martha kind of tries to appeal to lionel saying that you know her son's still in there and he just responds so is mine which is a great line yeah and he's not wrong yeah no he's not wrong clark finds that closet and uses his x-ray vision to confirm the elevator is there on the other side of the brick wall and meanwhile like lex is getting pistol whipped and beat down because uh he won't you know show him where level three is but clark actually comes over the intercom saying he found it and uh sure enough um while um while earl is making his way with lex toward where he knows the entrance to be clark shuts off that valve averting disaster yeah exactly so it starts they they notice outside that the pressure is beginning to drop and then back inside uh when when lex and uh earl come around the corner that door that led into the into that closet is open and like the wall is like busted down and there is an elevator there and lex is just like like legitimately surprised it's there but when they get into the elevator, Lex is like, look, there's only two floors. There's only two buttons. And then like Earl pushes like a hidden third button. Yeah. Which, and, and that is like, even if you had your doubts still at the elevator, yeah. the second Earl pushes a secret button, you're like, okay. Oh shit. It's so real. it's 100. And that button's cool as fuck, by the way. It's just, yeah. it's such a simple little, like, um, uh, practical effect, like, practical. Yeah, it's just like an LED on the. Yeah. But it's just yeah. a cool idea that, like, oh, it's totally, like, just a black spot, just a black space. Like, there's nothing yeah. there. And then he's just, like, press and then it lights up. It's like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, he, it's like, well, he's been in that. Shit. Yeah. Like, he's been in that elevator dozens of times. Like, but it's he, obvious he kind of a big um plot issue i guess i have right is that literally if there's this whole like level three thing going on is there a level three isn't there a level three blah 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 blah. clark wastes his time to go look for blueprints where literally the second he got off the bus he could have just x-ray vision oh look there's a giant room under this factory yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like Clark's powers can break so many plots. Yeah. 
Yeah, like so many times he could stop the the bad guy just by using his X-ray vision to see where they're going. Like that's true. That's very true. Yeah. So so do we just I guess for now chalk it up to the fact that he's young, his powers are new, and he's just yeah a little dumb, I suppose. Yeah, and then we can also just blame the writers. That, that's <laughs> probably that's probably smarter of the two. <laughs> but yeah, like so like. They get down to level three, but it's just basically a big catwalk over like a completely empty space. And Earl is pissed and wants to know what the hell's going on. And Clark arrives and to try to calm things down a little bit um, when uh, like another jitter attack shakes the very rickety catwalk loose. And they're kind of just hanging there. And Clark kind of has to, like, in kind of an unsubtle way, use his powers to save, like, use his strength to save them. Yes. And uh, and he gets called out on it. Yeah. and like Because he, cause he's holding on with one hand, so he doesn't fall. And right. then he's got, uh, I don't, does he have Earl next or, or he has? He, he has, has Earl and Earl. Next. Yeah. Or no, he's holding on. Yeah, Le- he's holding on to, to Earl, who is holding on to, or he's holding on to Earl, and Lex is holding on to Earl as well. So, what? Well, yeah. Either way, Clark is holding two people, two full size men. Right. With and one I think arm. it's only once. It's only once Earl gets his, starts to get his his grip again that then uh, we see Lex kind of get a hand up on one of the railings, and so he's not completely unsupported but it's yeah yeah but but i mean clark still has to with one hand lift both Mm -hmm. of those guys up yeah to a point where like okay now earl can climb up and then he's still lifting and then okay now lex can climb up and that's when like lex looks at him and he goes clark how did you do that like adrenaline you basically just yeah adrenaline which i think clark uses a number of times as an excuse um But because he, I mean, what do you figure? Tony Tony Todd, not a small dude. No. Uh, you you got to clock him at... 220. Yeah, right? 220, 230. So, I mean, Clark's lifting 400 pounds. Yeah, easily. So, impressive. Of, of basically dead weight, and not to mention he's on, like, a catwalk that's hanging. Yeah. So, but uh, they kind of, they almost kind of hand wave it off because after Clark says that it was just adrenaline, we cut to outside and there's kind of a happy reunion with the Kents. And we actually like, see like, like Lex is like, what the hell, like what's going on about with level three and Lionel kind of comes clean a little bit, but right as that's happening, the media has shown up and Lionel turns to make a statement and dismiss Earl as a sick man and all this other stuff. And Lex flips that on Lionel and says that they're going to cover all of Earl's uh, costs of care and all this other stuff. And the look he gets from Lionel. Oof, yeah, he gets... It's not necessarily daggers, but it's certainly like a, who the fuck do you think you are? Yeah, yeah. Because normally when it comes, like, you you know, basically, like, what Lionel expects in this moment is that he's the head of the company, he's going to be the one to make the official statement, and then Lex 
kind of hopped in there when he really wasn't wanted. So now, do you think there's um, any, like, subtext here about the evils of corporate America run amok and the damage they do if left unchecked, or or is that just me? Uh, I, th- I I think you're definitely just imagining things. I mean, who okay. could, what what possible evil could capitalism ever do? I don't, I'm not just saying, I don't, I don't know, I'm just, you're just spitballing yeah. here. It just seemed to me like maybe the, the show was trying to teach me a lesson, but. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I think what it all comes down to is family, though, because when, like, Lionel is trying to make a show of comforting Lex, and, like, Lex is, like, looking over his shoulder at the Kents, having, like, a genuine moment of reunion, and you can see, like, the look of just... He just wants that. The... The longing look from Lex. The longing look. That's there's two longing looks in this episode because there's one from Clark and the party. Yeah. Um, but yes, this is definitely a longing. There's a couple things at this this like closing out. Um, the when Lionel and is doing his press conference and Lex is doing his thing and Lionel ends it with like a, uh, oh I'm so my son is is safe and I'm so happy and blah blah, blah. and he gives a hug to Lex yeah. and. His eyes are just blank. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's like no affection. There's no nothing. It's just a dead stare. It's 100% just performance. No, uh, like 100%. the hugs for Lex. It, yeah. He doesn't, he, there's, he doesn't care, which is yeah. brutal. And then Lex looking over at the Kents, and it's such a, a weirdly masterful, like, performance from Rosenbaum because it's, it's both, it's like longing and he kind of wants it and he's kind of got this little grin on his face, but at the same time, is it, is he looking at Clark like, I knew it. I knew there was something about you that isn't right. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's in there, but there's the, his look always seems to contain multitudes because of the character building that he's had that none of the other characters on this show have had. No. No, I mean Clark comes close. Chloe will get there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, we, we, I would say, honestly, if we're being completely honest, if it if it's not for Chloe, when you get past season four, this show may have been unwatchable. Yeah. Uh, Chloe being oh. a supporting character actually really supports this show for a long time. A hundred percent. But that's it, I think. Right. Yeah, that's pretty much it for this one god damn folks we got it done in under an hour Woo! Woo! uh yeah good episode i liked it it is the beginning of uh, i mean they kind of hint at the secrecy and the uh, corrupt nature of the luthers um but this is the first time where maybe someone starts to like really draw open the blinds a little bit well, that and like it, it kind of we've had a little bit of it before this, but we see the real damage and the schism between like Lex and Lionel's relationship is like it's not a good relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And and you see that uh, again, Lex is kind of sitting in the center of like a, a seesaw or a teeter totter or or, you know, the the. The scales of justice is he's right in the middle of that fulcrum 
And yeah. it's just like, he really does want to do good. But because of the way his father has raised and taught him, his good intentions, the road to those good intentions is always underhanded or conniving or done in a um uh in a way where he he just won't be stopped he, he, like i guess with lex the end justifies the means all the time yeah, yeah. um and uh yeah it's just it's so great how like cold and calculating lionel is because for lionel there's no good left no i think overall i liked the episode just from the little bits of stuff that we get with like Lionel and Lex and like Earl being kind of one of those characters where he's kind of uh, maybe like a, a, I guess what, what would you call it? I guess he's sort of a, an unreliable uh, force because we don't really know if he's okay in the head. Right. And it's really a question as to whether or not, level three does exist until the moment we see it. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and I, comes... I do love that secrecy because that, it, that becomes part and partial of who Lex is in the future of this show. And just kind of who he's always been in Superman mythology is uh, if you go back to like his very origins of just a, a weird mad scientist to who he is in the comic books today, who like Rosenbaum portrays very well is like this captain of industry, but there's always the secrets, secrets yeah. that he's got hidden experiments going on, things like that. And it's always things that Lex and the quote unquote, the Luthers know are absolutely immoral and corrupt and illegal, but they're going to do them anyway, because they think that, what they can gain from them is worth all of the hurt and all of the damage they might do. Yeah. Anyway, Paul, why don't you tell me what happens next time on Smallville? On the next episode of Smallville, the secret is out. Perhaps Clark performs a life-saving act of superheroism, thinking that there are no witnesses but a nearby cop sees everything and he has blackmail in mind. Dun, and so dun, that dun. is rogue. Um, yeah, I don't really remember that episode at all and I haven't watched it yet. So that'll be interesting. Uh, I yeah. will, I, I'm going to catch up on my Smallville marathoning this weekend, Smallville and the flash. Got to get those done. Yeah. But, um, uh, I guess with that, uh, until next time, somebody save us.